that if we didn't have the Torah, we would learn midas from the animals. Gives different examples, stealing from a cat, stealing from an ant. This sounds very strange. If we didn't have the Torah, it's like there was a boy who was very shy, and he was going on his first date. He said to his father, what's going to be if there's silence? What am I going to do if I can't think of anything to talk about? So his father says, you can always rely on the three Fs, food, family, and philosophy. So it's all good. So he's on the date, and like you predicted, there was silence. So he says to the girl, do you like pizza? She says, no. That was the end of it. Tries again. Does your sister like pizza? She says, I don't have a sister. If you had a sister, would she like pizza? It's the same idea over here. If we didn't have the Torah, we'd learn sneers from the animals. We have the Torah. What's the point of telling us what would be if we didn't have the Torah? Another question we can ask the, Midri, the Mishnah says in Ovis, Im ain't Eretz, ain't Torah. And then it says, ain't Torah, ain't Eretz. It's a classic catch-22. You can't start with Torah because you need Eretz. You can't start with Eretz because you need Torah. So Rabbein Yoyna explains Pshat, and he says that there's two levels of Derech Eretz. There's a basic level of Derech Eretz, basic menschlichkeit. And before you learn Torah, you have to have that basic level. And everybody's expected to have that. And that, even Goyim are obligated. Why? Because that you can learn from the animals. That's nothing to do from Torah. That's what it means you can learn from the animals. You could do that without Torah, before Torah. But once we have Torah, there's a much higher level of Menschlichkeit, a greater level that is expected from you through Torah. And there's two lessons for that in this week's parasha. Imagine you walk into a house and you see somebody is lying uncomfortably on the floor. And next to him, in a beautiful, gorgeous, comfortable bed, there's somebody else lying there. So naturally you would think that the one in the bed is the master, and the one on the floor is the heaven. But Chazal tell us not like that. We're told, imach. You have to treat the Evid like you. You're having steak and fries, you have to give him steak and fries. You're eating in Dolcetto RSVP, you have to give him the same meal. What happens if you only have enough? You only have one pillow? You only have one bed? imach. So, you've got to give it to him. By you taking it and not giving it to him, you're not Mekayim imach. Nobody having it is Midasadoim. So you give it to your Evid. The Maritan and Kedushan asked the question What about Chayech Akoidmin? There's another Pulsik. Chayech means I've got first dibs. So why does he come before me? The Pshat is a Rashiva Bleib Lopyan, his son of Ravram Goritz, he quoted Shvayosab Pshat is that the Evid, when he's lying on the floor, and there's a master lying on the floor. What's the difference between them? The master, if he lies on the floor, he feels uncomfortable. I don't have a bed to lie in. It's not geschmack. If the evidence is lying on the floor, he thinks to himself, it's not geschmack, it's not comfortable. But besides that, why am I lying on the floor when he's in a bed? You know why? I'm an evid. I'm a nobody. I'm a garnished. And it destroys his self-esteem. He feels terrible about himself. So he has much more reason to be upset. Chayecha koidme is only if you're equal. His suffering more, you have to let the other person have it. And that is why the Evid gets the bed. So that's one example of this week's parasha. Another example is 
An Omavriya. How does a girl become an Omavriya? The Gemara Inquisition tells us that her father did terrible Averis, started off doing business with Parish Vias, and Rabbi Shalom sent him messages. And one thing after another, he borrowed with interest, and in the end, he sold his daughter. So her father, this girl, is a person who is Avera after Avera. He's not, she's not a real Miyuchas. So when it comes to finding a Shidduch for her, it's likely she's going to be a statistic in the Shidduch crisis. So the Torah tells the Odling, you have to marry her. You don't want to marry her, your son has to marry her. That's what the Torah expects when it comes to Midas. You have got to help her out. And there's Eden who lived like this as well. But contrast two stories. When Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Declaration, so he, 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 they gave him the pen to sign it, and he waited a half hour till he signed. And afterwards, everybody asked him, what took a half hour? Why were you waiting then? So he said, all morning I was shaking hands with people, and my hand was quivering. And if I would have signed the document right then and there, it would have been with a shaky signature. And this document is going to go down in history. And people would have said, he wasn't sure when he signed it. He wasn't comfortable signing it. So I knew I have to make sure my signature is perfect. I had to wait and rest my hand first. Let's compare that to a story. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, when he was at the end of his life, he was lived by his daughter in Baltimore. And there was a Bach who helped take care of him every day from there he's old. And right then, Rabbi Yaakov's first Sefer came out. The Bach bought the Sefer and asked Rabbi Yaakov if he could sign in the Sefer. Rabbi Yaakov said, leave it overnight, I'll give it to you tomorrow. He left it there, and the next day he gave it to the Bacha. Rabbi Yaakov's son-in-law, Rabbi Diskin, found in his house a piece of paper where Rabbi Yaakov's signature was written over and over again. He was practicing his signature. His signature was shaky, and he wanted to get it perfect to be able to sign for this Bacha. Abraham Lincoln wanted a perfect signature for a historic document. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, look at that Midas Tavis. That's a high level of Midas. That's one the Torah demands of you, that high level. He wanted the Bacha to have that perfect signature. And many times in life we feel when it comes to Midas, you know, we did ours, I'm Yoitzah, let somebody else do. When it comes to Midas, there's no limit what you can do. That is what the Torah is asking from us, to push and push and do the maximum you can.